Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 115, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. Your hosts, as always, are joining me, uh, Richard, the owner of MTGGoldfish.com. What's up, Richard? How are you? Hey, guys. What's going on? I'm doing well. Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. What's up, Seth? Uh, not much, guys. Ready for... Just just reading some YouTube comments where apparently I'm mispronouncing Amonkhet cards. Big surprise. Well, I'm sure we'll have more of that as we go along. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a surprise at all. I'm sure we're not. I'm not going to get through this whole one without mispronouncing something. Uh, and Chaz, as always, uh, all-around content creator and focusing on the financial aspect. Uh, you can find us on Google Play. Uh, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Uh, so on the docket today, basically just everything Amonkhet, so much stuff has happened since the last time we casted. That's basically the, that, that's what happens during spoiler season, like every time. Uh, we cast and then a million things happen and then we have to play catch up. So, uh, the invocations, um, Amonkhet's masterpiece series was revealed. Uh, we got to see a bunch of them, not all of them. So there's still a few missing. The actual imprint Amonkhet cards will also be revealed. Um, and then we actually got some Amonkhet cards to talk about. So, uh, we're going to go through them as, you know, as quickly as we can. Um, we have a little tiny goldfishing segment and then we're going to wrap things up for some fish mail. So. I guess let's just dive right in. Uh, Amonkhet craziness ensues already. Uh, so first stop is Invocations. What did you guys think of the Invocations, Richard? So controversial topic of, I guess, last week where we saw the new fat-framed, illegible <laughs> Invocations look like yo-yo cards. Those are all the complaints we have. Uh, the cards are actually from the vault control or something like almost every card is a counter spell or related to the gods in some way and so on one hand a lot of people hate these things they look they don't look like magic cards it's a weird font the name is not legible the frame is too thick the art is too small on the other hand some people actually like it uh very flavorful looks very unique looks premium the the actual card that trick showed on twitter looked pretty good as well uh, so those are the invocations. We have pretty sweet cards. Force of Will is amongst them. Uh, Counterbalance, Daze, Stifle, Wrath of God, Cryptic Command, uh, Dark Ritual, Vindicate, Mind Twist. So a lot of good cards. I personally like these. I personally think it was a good move by Wizards. At first I was like, ah, it's a little weird. I don't know. I can't read the cards. How are you supposed to figure anything out? But... You know, a week has gone by, and I actually really like these, and I hope Wizards continues to make weird and unusual promos like this. Fair enough. Seth, what did you think? I, too, am in the I like them camp. I think they actually... I like how they look, and I know a lot of people said the Yu-Gi-Oh thing, and they look like Yu-Gi-Oh cards or whatever. I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh, so I don't really have that association. I just see them as, like, really unique and pretty cool-looking magic cards. Like, that's what I think of when I see them. The, The problem with being able to read them is 
sort of a weird concern for new players. I guess new players aren't really the the target audience for the Masterpiece series, but they still open packs, so I could definitely imagine, like, I had a hard time reading a lot of them to the point where I would just read the rules text and be like, oh, I know, okay, I know what that does based on the rules text, because the, the actual names of the cards are really tricky to read. The choices meh? I think it feels like we're kind of getting already, which is amazing, to the point where you just can't print uh, 55 all-star level masterpieces every set. There's just not enough. And while they did a good job making sure that most of them were playable somewhere, even the ones that aren't exciting, like Spell Peers, it's still a playable card, still a legacy playable card. Uh, They're just, I don't know. We have never managed to come up to the originals as far as the hype with the Fetchlands, and we'll probably never top that again. So they're just... I don't know. They're not super exciting as far as the cards themselves. Uh, the good news is we now have Hazaret the Perverted, which has to be probably my favorite magic card ever. I don't know how they they slipped that through that. Go look at the Hazaret Masterpiece and see if you do not think that that says Perverted. Hazaret the Perverted. <laughs> uh, now that you mention it. It does. <laughs> I can never unsee this again. <laughs> that is that is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh I think another one someone someone else, they were like force of Willy. <laughs> like and now I can't unsee it anymore. Like the movie? I don't know. Maybe maybe the movie. I, um, I still can't read attrition. Like I still like I've yeah. been looking at it for a week now, and I still can't see where it says attrition in there. <laughs> D- Days was really tough for me. That was like okay. So I think we're gonna have a hat trick here, folks, because I also really like these. Um, would they have been my first choice in terms of font or border? No, probably not. But I, see, the thing about these are. They're, they're basically the cherry on top, right? These are additional swag that you can open up into, you know, what you were already opening up. And you don't really need these for gameplay. I mean, yes, they're nice to have. You would like that they would all be amazing all the time. Uh, but I don't, I mean, I think they're great. I, I don't think like they should always be the same thing each time. I, I like that they're innovating and I'm never going to discount innovation. Like they tried something. All right. Maybe it doesn't work, but you know, they will know that for next time. I think the card choices were actually pretty good. I do agree with what you said, Seth, that some of them are getting to the point where it's like just random generic cards, like that are masterpieces, but you're right. Each of these have a, they have a use somewhere. So that, that is good. Um, but yeah, I think they're overall pretty cool. I I get the 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 complaints, but I don't really have any complaints, and I'm not going to really complain about something that uh we're already opening up and they're pretty cool and you could just throw it into an EDH list and I mean use it or don't. I mean, uh, that they're not for everybody. They're not always going to be. Well, the biggest complaint is the legibility of these cards that, yes. you know, A, we have Hazaret the Perverted, <laughs> right? But B, the mana symbols aren't colored in, right? They're all the same color. So at first glance, you can't tell uh, what the mana symbols are. Uh, and the text is centered, which is also a first. You, you don't see centered uh, text on magic cards. So it does look really strange. And if you're a new player, you're kind of screwed. 
But is this any different than some guy busting out like a foil Russian stomping ground across the table from you? Like that's the revelation I made, right? A lot of people play with foreign cards, blinged out cards, Phyrexian Elish Nord. We can't read those cards. You can make an argument that, okay, if you look at the art, you can tell what the card is. But if, you know, it was a brand new Omnicat card, but I'm playing with the foil Russian version, are you going to know what it is the first time you sit down? So, you know, in those cases, you don't know what's going on anyway, and I think it's still better than foil textless cryptic command. So I think a lot of people are just arguing for no reason, because these are going to be rare, right? Not every single draft you're going to sit down, you're going to have these cards. Only a few select players who bling out their decks will have this. And those are the players that play with, you know, Korean Ashiok with the wrong loyalty on it. <laughs> or with the, the wrong plus. I think that's the actually, plus. yeah, that, I think that's right? actually uh, a really good point. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Legibility is poor, but I, I think they, they wanted to do this. Was it Aaron Forsyth that said that they wanted uh, to make it look illegible, but on second glance, if you look closer, you can read it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like a dumb thing to kind of design for, but I guess they achieved it. And, right. And it is cool. It looks unique, right? And yeah, that was Aaron. They did, uh, <clears throat> they did make sure that the rules text was actually very easy to read. So even if you don't know the name of Stifle or Spell Pierce or Attrition when your opponent plays it, you can still read the ability and know what the card does. So in some ways, it is a lot different than like textless promos because you actually, you can know what the card's effect is going to be on the game even if you don't know the name of the card. And when it comes right down to it, the name of the card usually isn't that relevant to a typical game of Magic. It's what its rules text is and what it does. So I think even if a new player can't read the name of it, they still are going to know how to play with it or play against it because they can read the rules text. Yeah, and another interesting thing is uh, this is the first borderless cards we've received ever, right? Yes. Like even the textless full art cards, there's a black border around. Uh, these cards have no black border. And the rationale for the thick pillars on the side, which people seem to hate, is if you make them thin and uh, they're printed and they're offset, it's really obvious. So by having a thick frame, or not a thick frame, but a thick pillar, uh, printing problems are, are hidden a bit more, which is a, a pretty interesting thing that you usually don't think about that someone brought up. Yeah, uh, they also brought up that be I guess because of these, they're going to be changing what is actually legal because that was like actually a, an issue that popped up. Yeah, these are not black bordered cards because right. they have no borders. Yeah, right. So uh, apparently they're going to be changing those rules as to what uh, I guess can be brought to a tournament and played because I guess they're treating them like an altar or something like that. So um, yeah, I think, you know... I know a lot of people were going to be listening and hoping that all three of us were going to be trashing these, but um, I just don't think that's the case. I mean, for me, when you don't need them for gameplay, I mean, I could really, really care less what they look like. Um, they're not going to be for everybody all the time. And, you know, if, if you like them, great. If you don't, then you don't have to, you don't have to use them. There's plenty of other, I'm sure half these cards have other printings and other promos or what have you and just use something else that, that you like or use the original or what have you. Um, I, I just, I don't, I think it was just a general, you know, people just saw these and immediately reacted and they didn't like them. And, you know, it just kind of spiraled out of control. I mean, 
what's complaining, what's not complaining. I only had the mere suggestion, not really even a complaint, that you're right, the legibility is an issue. I, I should, at the very least, be able to read the card, no problem. That was kind of my only uh, little suggestion was probably should have used a different font. But if that's what they were going for, that's what they were going for. And I'm not going to knock innovation because, listen, the game's been out for a long time. Um, they want to try new things after a while. And this just happened to be one of those things that they wanted to try something different. And it's not really at detriment at, at the detriment to the game. I mean, they're, like I said, they're kind of just their own little, I guess, subset of magic. Like they're just these promos. It's kind of like, a, you know, any cosmetic thing that you buy in any kind of game these days. Like, they're not going to be for everyone. They don't directly affect the gameplay. And uh, I think they're actually not that bad. A few of them I actually would really like to use. So, like I said, I, I, I like the card choices overall. Uh, there There's some interesting ones that may not live up to your expectations, Seth. But... Uh, I don't know. I think people just really had a huge overreaction, and it, it, it kind of can get pretty nasty when whenever we see this kind of stuff happening. Let's assume the initial reaction holds. Most people hate these masterpieces. What does it mean for the set? Is it possible that budget force of will is invocation force of will? Like, will how will our booster box prices look if people continue to hate these cards? Overall, I don't think it'll hurt the EV of the booster box, but I think we could end up with the normal cards in the set being more expensive than in a set like Battle for Zendikar, where really expensive and popular invocations or Masterpiece Series cards were eating up a ton of the value. So that's what I'll be looking for. I still think they're going to be expensive just because they're rare, and I don't know if it even matters how popular they are. I mean, it obviously does to some extent, but I think that their rarity will mean that cards like Force of Will are going to be expensive because there's going to be a niche market for them and they're going to be rare enough that they're still going to be expensive. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with Seth. I saw a couple posts saying that, well, actually posing the question that you're asking now, Richard, and, you know, saying, does it detract from Amon Ket and what does this do to the boxes and... I just, I'm with Seth. I just don't see them being so widely unliked by literally everybody. Like, there's going to be some interest for these, at least enough that it's going to bolster the prices and, you know, overall the EV of the box enough that I don't think it should be a huge issue. Uh, maybe some interesting, like, little things may happen. I know, Seth, that um, immediately uh, when the pre-order prices started popping up for these, they were significantly less than the other Masterpiece series that we've seen in the past. But that could just be because that, like, a lot of the cards aren't as... Let's just face it. I mean, they're not as, like, I guess, the, the caliber of some of the cards that we've seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the bigger deal is they're just... It's not a high-value set of masterpieces. It's really Force of Will and then a lot of not-that-expensive cards. Like, So I don't know. I think that's the bigger issue and the bigger reason why the prices are low is even if these cards look like the Battle for Zendikar edition or uh, the Kaladesh edition of the Masterpiece series, I think they're still just not going to be worth that much because, I mean, it's spell pierces and a store commands and like these 
fringe fringe commander type cards that are not very expensive when some of the past editions we had soul rings and mana crypts and fetch lands and wastelands and we other than force of will we just don't have that level of cards in the almond cat edition so i know we're gonna get this next week in fish mail so we might as well answer it now how much did wizards pay us to like invocations <laughs> uh, well you can well, be rest assured me zero let's put a number on this on a scale of one to ten how much do you like invocations so so are we just talking the 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 visuals aesthetic the visuals. Or, okay um i'll say seven uh, yeah, I'd probably go smack dab in the middle with a five on a scale of one to ten. I'm not hugely enamored by it, but I don't hate it either. Yeah, I, I say I'm a six or a seven. They're borderline for me, uh, but I think I fall on the side of they're good as opposed to they're bad, but it's pretty borderline. And I'm not rushing out to replace my Force of Wills with uh, these these invocation Force of Wills, <laughs> but it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah, it's certainly not. I, I mean... Again, they're not in my hands, so that that could also play onto this. Is like looking at a a JPEG is is a little different than having them physically in your hands. So that that number could likely go up because it's not going to go down. I mean, if I open one of these, not that I'm going to, but if I were to open one of these, even the worst one, I probably would end up using it. I mean, why not? <laughs> Just to confuse your opponent. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the. The other thing, though, I think that's more important about these is it's kind of like when we look at spoilers and we see a new mechanic and we're like, all right, this card sucks, but it shows us this new mechanic and there's probably going to be some really exciting cards with that mechanic that are going to be constructed playable. That's kind of how I feel about these. Like, yes, they're not the greatest magic cards of all time or anything, but the fact that they show us wizards is willing to kind of go outside the box with the actual design of the cards makes me excited about future editions of Masterpiece series because even if you don't like these ones and they're not for you, there's some really cool things that they could potentially do now that we know they're willing to like get rid of the borders and not have the mana symbols and like do all this stuff that they just never have been willing to do before. So I think that's for me the most exciting part of them is even if you don't like the Amonkhet invocations, this means they could do something really awesome in a future set that you're really going to like and that's going to be 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's I agree. Old Watson for the Reddit backlash. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how they take this uh, feedback because well, it, it is was a good overwhelmingly point. negative like that, uh, on Reddit. It, it was. It was overwhelmingly negative. I mean, but how much is that that everybody just wants to jump on and kind of like get on the bashing like people will f a lot a, a decent percentage i won't say a lot but a decent enough percentage will find something wrong and then just kind of bandwagon and get on wizard's case no matter what i mean sometimes i will agree this time i'm not really agreeing and, and i think really what you touched on seth is is pretty much what i've been thinking is like why are we going to knock innovation okay like if you don't like it that's one thing but it shows that they are kind of trying to get outside of the box, like think outside of the box, try something new at least. And I can't try, you know, I can't knock them for at least trying something new. And I think that's like just really the, the long and short of what I've been, been saying. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel just to kind of wrap things up. I don't want to go on and on and on about this, but did you kind of 
look at some of the arguments that were being made even outside of that. Like, this is breaking the integrity of the game, and this is, like, hugely bad for optics, and, like, oh, like it's like the end of the world kind of thing because of these, these invocations, which really, again, it goes back to they're largely not a huge part of the game. Yeah, I think most arguments against them are 100% correct, right? These, these are hard to read. Uh, if a month ago... I altered a card to look like this and brought it to a GP. You know, the head judge probably would have thrown it out and said, you know, not not legal alter, right? Like, it's weird. It looks like Yu-Yu cards. I think all of these are valid arguments, but it depends on how much value you put on, say, flavor versus legibility, right? And if you want your cards to be 100% legible, then yeah, these are terrible. But if you balance that with, I want a flavorful egyptian feel i want something unique i want to discover something and you put more value into that then it brings it back the other way so i think the arguments are all true like i can't sit here and say with a straight face these are totally legible and new player friendly but you know they are different right like i'm a big advocate of promos being different right i really hate it when it's just some different art and it looks the exact same and that's why some of my favorite promos are 100 percent illegible Elish Norn in Phyrexian, right? The uh, the black on black planeswalkers, also very hard to read, right? So I'm a fan of these flavorful and strange cards that don't look like cards in booster packs. So I like these. But at the same time, yeah, they're just really hard to read. The art is really small. Uh, for some reason, there's weird hieroglyphs in, in the names, so you can't even read the names correctly. And these are all valid. So it just depends on... Uh, which attributes you put more value into. Wait, there's one thing I wanted to add. I wish they went all in and didn't use normal magic art. I wish they drew like, you know, like the, the old style Egyptian art. <laughs> I, I wish they went all in. Like, why, why this, right? They could have went all in and it would have been really sweet. I'm sure they could have found things that looked like, you know, what these pictures are depicting in like traditional. Uh, you know, the old Egyptian culture art. Oh, you know how much people would have freaked out about that, yeah. though? If they were already this upset? And, I mean, part of it is magic players just don't like change. Like, that's... <laughs> magic players are going to freak out no matter what happens. So, I, I guess in some ways it's not unsurprising. I just... I worry that this will keep wizards from taking risks in the future based on the feedback and based on, like this small bit of feedback from Twitter and from Reddit. I have to say, like, we did a video about the invocations on the YouTube channel, and this was the day they were spoiled, and literally, like, 9 out of 10 posts on my Twitter feed were massively negative. Uh, 9.9 out of 10 posts on Reddit were massively negative. And then in the YouTube video, it was really closer to, like, 50-50. Some people actually really like them, and I think... Uh, Wizards gets their feedback from Reddit and from Twitter, primarily. Like, those are the two main places. So I think that occasionally, like, skews our view, but also skews Wizards' view of issues like this, because you're you're hearing from this specific echo chamber instead of hearing from the wider community to some extent. Good point. All right, to wrap things up on a positive note, best art. What is your favorite art of a new masterpiece here? 
Oh, easy. Uh, easy one. It's Mind Twist. Mind Twist is so sweet. As soon as I saw it, it was my favorite art, and it has remained my favorite art from any masterpiece. The guy getting thought seized by his own stream of art. <laughs> that's, that's how I read it on Reddit. <laughs> that was the first interpretation. <laughs> I just think it looks cool, and I don't I don't like to think about it in that in that light, but I think it looks pretty sweet. It really matches the frame. Like It actually matches the frame. Yes, it well does. The there, there are a few of them that really work the frame and kind of knew that this was going to happen um in that sense this is so tough it has i think it's a two it's a tie between entomb and wrath of god Uh, i mean titus just knocked it out of the park with wrath of god not just because i you know know and and talk with him a lot on twitter but titus really nailed it and i that's just really all i can say about that and it's just it was really fantastic, and the entombment yeah. is just again. It, it just really feeds into that whole border, and I, I think it was just extremely well done. And I think that was by Aiden Zanya Zan. I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, but yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, that one was really good too. I like so I like Wrath of God. I like Days, and I like Counterspell. I think the Days is actually really nice. You're, you're getting starstruck by a bunch of doves and you forget to pay your one mana. <laughs> I, I really like that. I really dislike Force of Will. I don't know what they're doing. I'm like, what, what is going on with this? I'm like, is, is the white stuff the, the Force, the counter spell, or is it the spell being countered? I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> the problem with what's what's crazy is like, it's almost like a we're getting to like that Pavlov's dog like kind of reaction with, with Force of Will. Like, I don't know if you remember the card back in, like, Dragons of Tarkir, but if you just put something in, like, that weird pose of, like, stopping something, immediately everyone's going to start thinking Force of Will. And I honestly, I think they're doing it to themselves on that one. So, I, I don't know. It's just, like, that pose, it's, like, now if you use that pose on anything, it's, like, Force of Will. So, might want to be careful with that. used to draw Force of Will. They screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, like her down like that's the card you can't get anyone else to do it it's not gonna look right yeah all right right. uh, on to some actual Amonkhet news so we got some spoilers so let's jump right in Richard what do you got for us how about dual lands cycling enters the battlefield tapped with a land type dual land so we have uh, scattered groves which is a forest plains enters the battlefield tapped and you can pay two to cycle it and we have the entire allied cycle so red green uh green white blue blue white blue black red black i did it i named all you got it, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and just real quick the the names of those are uh, sheltered thicket for red green scattered groves as richard said for green white irrigated farmland for plains the uh blue white uh fetid pools for blue black and canyon slow slough for uh black red <laughs> is it a slough slough what, what is the official pronunciation of this I think it's slew. They said slew. Man, the oh, trick tweeted man. about it because I know yeah, I called slew. it sloth, but I believe it is slew. Yeah, I'm gonna get destroyed on this. <laughs> All right, cycling, dual lands, fetchable. What do you guys think? 
uh we we called it last week didn't we wasn't this one of the things we talked about they're they're good i think that they're pretty solid they're definitely good for standard i think they my immediate comparison was Crylands, and I think that's about the level they're at for most decks. And then in certain decks that care about cycling, control decks perhaps, or things like Life in the Loam, the Gitrog Monster, like specific synergies, they're much better. But I think the baseline for them in standard is kind of like the Scrylands, where they enter the battlefield tap, they can give you card advantage, you're going to play them in a lot of decks, and the Scrylands ended up being a lot better than people gave them credit for when they were first spoiled. So I think that these are going to be fairly similar to that in your typical deck that doesn't have any specific cycling slash graveyard reanimation synergies. I think the Scryland comparison is pretty good. Uh, that That is probably where I gauge them a little bit as well. I, I think they're great for standard. Obviously have some implications on modern. Uh, we've seen that already Seth um, in terms of market movement um, I just you're right I don't know if every single deck is going to have a use for this in terms of modern um, some will will like the cycling obviously and be built around cycling we have you know seismic assault that just kind of crept up uh, maybe that turns into something more now because of the cycling lands um, Life from the Loam obviously has some implications here. And yeah, I, I think they're really good for standard. I, I think um, you're right. You know, you have the kind of wide range of they, they have their use in kind of every single archetype. Um, it's a little weird in in aggressive lists, but I think uh, you're kind of kind of have to use them almost because uh, later on the game, instead of a land drop, you're going to just want to cycle it. So I, I do kind of a I do think it has merit there. Uh, overall, A plus on these. I, I like all of them. Hopefully, we get the enemy cycle in Hour of Devastation. For standard, I think these are actually a lot better than the Scrylands. If you just look at their abilities, cause, you know, cycling is comparable to scrying, but there's so many more synergies with cycling. You can enable delirium. You can. Uh, have random cards that do something when you cycle, which is the whole point of the set. Whereas we didn't really have, you know, creatures that did anything useful when you scryed, or they were very uh, far and few between. So I think these will actually be very strong in standard. And more so, more impactful than the Scrylands. And where I'm excited is modern. Light from the Loam, Living End, although Living End doesn't really need this. Uh, but there's a bunch of decks that could use this uh, Primeval Titan decks. Uh, you can now fetch these up, uh, bounce them with your Karoo lands, and then cycle them to draw cards so your prime time actually draws cards. Uh, just so many synergies in modern that are possible, so I'm actually quite interested to see what people can figure out with these. And I wonder if people will just use them as just straight up cycling lands. Like a control deck, willing to take the risk to uh, cycle a land later if they need to. That's what I was going to ask you guys. Do you Could you envision yourself playing these in a modern deck that doesn't have any real synergies with them, just as a, a fetchable duel that enters tap and gives you the upside of cycling? I, or do you have to have a some sort of synergy to make it worthwhile in modern? I don't know if you like have to have the synergy. I'm just not... I'm just not seeing where they... Like, Zoo doesn't really want these. Uh, I don't even think, like... You know, Jeskai, like, 
you need your first couple of turns to drop lands and you need them to come into play untapped. Like these never come into play untapped, even when you fetch them. And I get that. I mean, especially now, like with Death Shadow being everywhere and it's like kind of really aggressive. I just don't know if you can, you know, really risk using these and, and kind of muddling with your mana base. It's already yeah, pretty I hard. I think you would play more creature lands, if anything. Yeah. I'd rather get a guaranteed creature than just draw a random card if I'm going to have to pay the penalty of coming into play tapped. But between, you know, your fetches, your actual shocks, your creature lands, your utility lands, like Ghost Quarter, and your couple fast lands, like, what are you going to cut to put these in for the off chance that you can draw a card if you're flooded late in the game? So I, I don't think you'll play it like that unless you're some weird control deck that's going really long otherwise i think it has to be you know primeval titan synergies uh cycling synergies delirium synergies or something but you don't really need delirium synergies in modern because you have fetch lands uh but like get monster or something question two you're building a standard deck you have all the duels currently in standard. Where do these fall in the hierarchy? Like, do you play these above fast lands, uh, above Battle for Zendikar lands, Shadows over Innistrad? So where do they fall in the standard rare duel land hierarchy for you? Probably after fast land. So number one and two are fast lands and yeah. creature lands, and then these, I think. So over the Battle for Zendikar duels, you'd play these? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would think so. That's a that's about where I landed as well. I think it might be slightly more complex than that, depending on, like, uh, if having untapped mana turn three and four is really important, maybe you'll lean more towards Battle for Zendikar duels, but I think generally most decks uh, outside of maybe aggro are going to go with the cycling lands, is what I would guess, over yeah, the Battle for Zendikar ones. It depends on your deck as well. Like, if you yeah. actually have synergies like Delirium, then, the, you know, they'll be prioritized higher, or... You know, if you had a Gitrog monster deck, then obviously you would have a whole bunch of these. But I think in general, that's about right if you're doing absolutely nothing with this except trying to draw a card late in the game. All right, so let's move on to our first god that we got on Omniket. We have Hazaret the Fervent, aka Hazaret the Perverted on the invocation. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't unsee it, Seth. Why did you tell me this? <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry. Three to red. Legendary creature god. 5-4. Indestructible haste. Can't attack or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand. Pay three, discard a card. Hazard deals two damage to each opponent. Eh? I mean, <sighs> it's cool to see what the gods are going to be like. They're they're not devotion-based, but they do have a kind of a pseudo-devotion ability where you have to meet some condition to actually turn them into creatures. I know they're technically creatures all the time, but functional creatures, you have to do something. I think people are going to be surprised at how difficult it is in a typical deck to be hellbent, or even just have one card in your hand. That's... <laughs> It seems like it should be easy, but a lot of times, if you get yourself into that position, you either have to be, like, winning the game right away, or you're going to end up losing because you have no cards in hand and your opponent does. So I think that you need a really specific deck for Hazaret, but I think in that deck it can be very strong. Yeah, so... Alright, so all, all of these will be mono-colored. Uh, Mero confirmed that. Uh, I do think they're... 
more practical than the first round of Theros gods. I mean, I think it was a little tough to actually play the original like Theros gods. I mean, outside of Thassa, um, it was really tough. Like just devotion, it was easier to interact and shut down the gods. Again, outside of mono blue and maybe a little bit of mono black, but these seem like they kind of have a life of their own. They don't have. They're you're right, Seth. They don't. They're not like tied to some mechanic, even though they kind of do have a little a pseudo um, limitation. It, it's hard to gauge like as a whole how good all of these are. It just really depends on the limitations. Just look, judging this from a card, just looking this on its own, I just. I'm not seeing like it's good. I I think it's overall okay, like pretty solid. It's just I don't know really where this fits in because in an aggressive list, like I don't even know if this is going to be re- able to reliably attack on turn four. I was kind of thinking like trying to see like what you can play that isn't like just like a gimmick, but is is solid. And a couple of cards that like that came to mind was like Bowmat Courier. You have. The the vampire the two one that flips is still in standard. You have fiery temper still in standard. You have Nahiri's wrath still in st- in standard. So maybe there's a way to kind of empty your hand enough that you can reliably attack with Hazaret uh, on turn four. Because other than that, I mean, the longer you take to play this, the less like appealing it becomes. Like I get the ability is okay, but like. I actually think it's pretty good. Mm. I think if you have a deck that wants Hellrider, <laughs> you would put this deck it. You would put this card in the deck. And here's the reason: uh, you usually mulligan aggressively because you're an aggro deck, so that gets your card card count down. Uh, you play this as a curve topper, hit them for five, and then every single turn now you can just dome them for two without them doing you know like they, they have to get rid of this but it's indestructible so it's actually kind of difficult and even if you cannot attack anymore you're just doming them for two every turn so if your deck is aggressive enough that should be enough right and the fact that it's indestructible and threatens to attack every turn is pretty good so i think if you actually have an aggressive deck and you know everyone is not playing like weird mid-range mirrors with lifelink this is pretty good. I think if you're a control deck and your opponent plays this, you're pretty scared. So I think it's good, and I don't see the downside as being that down. Giving giving a deck just a shock every turn puts a real clock on the other person to finish you off, and you have a 5-4 indestructible blocking that can attack at any time. I, I think we got it. All Lupin prototypes, this thing... <laughs> And then some news constrictors, so you can just discard your hand oh, at yeah, will. News constrictor. And and get them. Just attack with a bunch of five fives. That that could work. You know what? I totally forgot about news constrictor. That is actually making me a lot like this card a lot better. <laughs> Red I like green the beads. Prototypes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what but, is this uh, card supposed to be? Is it is it the dog? What is it? That's a, yeah. Is it the alligator? I can't tell the arts. No, it's the, it's the I dog. think it's the dog. Yeah, and in terms of Hellrider, this is no. This isn't even like the dog Hellrider is riding on. Like, <laughs> this, like this is nowhere near Hellrider. Like this Hell is Rider, different times. Hellrider's retired. <laughs> so, are you guys? 
are you guys at all nervous about having a cycle of potentially powerful, indestructible, aggressively costed creatures in standard? <laughs> no, because I mean they made the gear hulks, and we're we still we we managed. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, but they're destructible. You could kill them. Yeah, but the the gear hulks, like, are they really destructible, Seth? Like, they already <sighs> did all the damage they're gonna do by the time you deal with them. Ah, uh, I don't know. It makes it makes me. Ner- I would like, say. Did you really deal with the gear hulk after it's placed all its counters on everything? <laughs> did you really uh, deal deal with the torrential gear hulk? But but you know, by the time it flashed back, it's stroke of genius or whatever that card is that gives you energy, whatever. I, I will say, I think exile-based removals going up in value. Like, yes. Anguish Unmaking, Declaration in Stone, cards like that, I think, suddenly get a lot better now that we know for sure there's going to be these indestructible gods. Yeah, the, the huge drawback to these are they're always a creature. Like, they don't shut off, like, to just an enchantment. And I do think that's actually going to, like you just said, it's actually going to work to its disadvantage when people can start playing... Sorcery speed removal, like Declaration and Stone, again. I think that's actually a really good point. Is um, Yeah, plus there's minus one, minus one counter theme in this set, so yes. you can just either shrink or outright kill these gods. Yeah, that's true, and Grasp of Darkness gets this one at least. Yeah, it does. Um, so, I know there's, like, some talk on Twitter, Seth. I know a few of the pros were, were talking out, like, they were kind of comparing these to the older gods, and somehow making the case that they were better, but I think actually the the old Theros gods, like, even if only a couple of them were good, like, these... Uh, I, I think actually the gods switching back and forth between a enchantment and a creature and shutting off your removal, like, is actually kind of harder to deal with than you know that they're just creatures all the time. Yeah, but I think these will see play. No, oh, I think they will out too, of yeah. the, Out of the ten gods from Theros, like, two <laughs> yeah. saw play, right? Yeah. I think the majority of these will see play unless they're yeah. actually terrible. But I think Hazret will see play. And I yes. can, I foresee the other ones seeing play because they're just normal creatures. You know, just yes. throw them in your deck and they're good to go. You don't need devotion. You don't need all that stuff to get them going. Yeah, that's the huge deal. Like, with the new gods, like Hazret, you could be a base, I don't know, uh green black deck and if you really wanted Hazret you could splash it and still turn it into a creature that didn't happen with the Theros gods like you you pretty much had to be monocolored and not just monocolored but built around getting devotion on the battlefield to really make them playable these have a lot more potential and a lot more different archetypes I think although I I do agree with you Chaz that having them sit out there and be declaration and stone targets for several turns potentially before their can attack and block is that is a downside but I still think these are probably going to be more playable yeah, I do agree, but they they had to kind of they had to balance them somehow. So <laughs> that's all taken into consideration. All right, next we have the favorite, everyone's favorite bird wizard. We have Avon Mind Sensor coming back from Future Sight. Uh, two and a white, two one uh, creature bird wizard flash flying. If an opponent would search a library. That player searches the top four cards of that library instead. So fetches are coming back, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know anything about fetches, but I, I, at the very least, this might not have an immediate impact on standard. I just like this card being in the format. 
Like, I, I'm glad that they reprinted this card. I love the art, actually. I, you know, Eric Deschamps is just, you know, is amazing. And, you know, if, if things were to happen down the road, and this is going to be in standard for quite some time, th- this is a really good answer card. This is one of the cards that we talked about, Seth. I mean, you want an answer card. That's definitely an answer card. And um, it's just good that it's in the standard pool, if nothing else. Like, even if it doesn't stop anything right now, uh, sooner or later, you know, vehicles and all that stuff will rotate. This is going to stick around and can potentially put a damper on anything crazy that comes down the pipeline. Like, what does it even stop today? I mean, the big one right now, and I know this this is a surprisingly controversial opinion, as I learned, but it, it does stop a tune with Ether. And I know people say, oh, you cast a tune on turn one, but you don't always have a tune in your opening hand. It's not always on turn one, but it stops that. It stops Traverse the Uvenwald, which... I think is even more important moving forward because we've seen so yeah. many cards from Amonkhet that might push green-black, especially with Constrictor getting worse due to the negative one, negative one counter theme, might push green-black away from Constrictor and back to Delirium. And having a card that shuts down Traverse Uvenwald is potentially a really big deal against that deck. So those are the, the two big things it stops at the moment. And who knows like there could be more stuff coming up that it hits as well my big fear is this just makes mardu better against the field (laughs) by shutting down delirium uh delirium's traverse shutting down a tune with ether from four color copycat and pushes mardu even more in front of everything else but we'll see maybe who knows it does look like there's some powerful stuff in amoncat so maybe the format will be shaken up more than we think. Yeah, I, I think they just put it in for flavor reasons. They're like, <laughs> look, we got a giant flying bird man. <laughs> put him in the tent. <laughs> because it doesn't do anything in standard right now, and they're not going to print fetches. And even if they did, they probably wouldn't put Aven Mind Sensor in that set because they don't want people to feel bad. Oh, I man. don't know that it does even anything relevant. You know, yeah, you can get their traverse, but do you really want to play a 2-1 flyer in the world of 4-4 flying vigilance creatures? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's just a weird thing. And if it's a minus one, minus one counter set, you know, there's probably going to be creatures that incidentally put minus one, minus one counters on things, killing your birdman. So I think it's flavor reasons, uh, you know, finance reasons they won't admit. But I, I don't foresee it having any significant impact unless you know everyone's playing evolving wilds for some reason and uh, you know you get got with an even mind sensor i mean it's a good reprint for modern as well it was like seven ish dollars i think so having it drop down to three bucks or something it does see play in various archetypes so i think it's a reasonable reprint even if it doesn't end up doing much in standard i think it's a good reprint yeah this card have the most frames in the history of magic because it, it has the future frame it has the invocation frame oh maybe uh maybe it just needs like text. a full art textless <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was about like six bucks you're right Seth. so i mean this thing could probably get under a dollar if it, if it doesn't see any sort of play all right last spoiler we'll talk about prowling serpopard Slip Serpopard, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> One green, green, four, three, cat snake. It's literally a cat snake. Prowling Serpopard can't be countered. Creature spells you control can't be countered. 
what counters? <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the first thing I thought of. Like wait, 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 every standard note. creature has can't be countered. <laughs> what <moment>. what counters? <laughs> Tinfoil hat. Did you see the Almond Cat trailer this morning? I did. Uh, Where the guy uh, just can't force a will like a billion times over. <laughs> yeah, they is did force a will the- coming back? <laughs> and is this the counter to force a will? Oh man. That would be insane. Could you imagine the reaction if Force of Will actually came back in standard? They, Why would you make a trailer confirmed. and have them like relentlessly chant one of the most iconic cards <laughs> in the history of magic? Like, Why I, would you do that? They already confirmed that, that it's not in the set. <laughs> oh. I, it's like, I, let's make a trailer. Strip land. Stri- uh, strip mine. Strip mine. Wasteland. Wasteland. No, don't worry. We're not printing any of these cards. <laughs> uh, I know. I did notice that, too. I actually believe that Force would be fine in Standard. <laughs> when, it's actually when, a pretty bad card. <laughs> yeah. You're if, if you're playing fair and you're two-for-one-ing yourself, you're actually going to not want Force of Will, and it would... I don't know. Maybe with the copycat combo running around, it might make things miserable. But in most standards, I don't think Force of Will is even really that good. But I can't imagine Wizard doing that. Like, I just don't think modern day standard players could handle Force of Will being played against <laughs> them or by them every every match of every game. I got to say, people are consistent about making sure they ask about these cards literally every single set. And I, I mean... <laughs> some of the <laughs> some of the thought process that goes behind this is is really obscure. Like we're talking about a single green card in the set. It can't be countered and creature spells can't be countered. So somehow that means force of will. But uh, I mean, all right. Uh, I I will give you an E for effort. So I this needs the return of counter spells though, right? Because no, it's probably no, you just, don't think they're going to print a legitimate counter in this deck. Why would they print this cat snake uh, i ah. i think they will i think uh, we're, it's not going to be force will it's not going to be counter spell but maybe a miscalculation uh maybe a mana leak something What's a miscalculation <laughs> miscalculations like revolutionary rebuff except it oh, okay. doesn't have any restrictions and it cycles oh that would be on theme yeah. yeah, so I think maybe maybe something to that level, like better than what we have been getting, but still not insane. So that's that my hope. What do you as the green mage, Chaz, are you gonna be jamming this card? Like is this card um, good? It's I mean, it's ahead of the curve. I mean, the text even if the I mean, just being a three mana four three and just some text in the box, I mean, even if it's not super relevant. I get that, you know, you could print a couple of counterspells, but I think even then, like, it's not enough that you're going to want to be making it a choice to play this. Like, it is ahead of the curve. I would jam this into some sideboards if counterspells really become a huge issue. But, um, you know, if a, if an archetype like Red-Green Monsters comes back, and maybe with... I mean, I'm already seeing it. I mean, there's just large creatures at, uh, at every step of the way in terms of the curve you have a 4 3 for 3 you have a 5 4 for 4 uh you have the dragon so maybe i mean maybe something's going to happen and i would i would play this even if counter spells were not a thing just because it's a 4 3 for 3 so by ahead of the curve you mean behind the curve right <laughs> because it <laughs> trades with toolcraft exemplar a one drop <laughs> i mean that's going to get banned see you're you're <laughs> working under the assumption that I don't think like those cards are going to be gone. 
We're, we're in the age of magic where three mana 4-4 four four is borderline unplayable. You need like three mana 4-4 four four with upside. So a 4-3 that trades with a one drop is simply not playable. Nah, Scrap Heap's so a two drop. It's... <laughs> It's well, funny. Scrap Heap is a two drop. Uh, Toolcraft Exemplar is a one drop. Actually, so it, it are... doesn't trade with Scrap Heap because Scrap Heap can't can't block. So, but on on, on defense, it's it's yeah, funny. But you're not trading with that. Come on, it's funny. <laughs> funny how much worse these cards are without an Elvish Mystic around. Like when I see this card, I think, oh man, turn one Elvish yeah. Mystic turn to play this like that's a that really changes how you build your decks because with all the green ram cards starting at two mana it kind of pushes you to wanting to play four drops and not three drops because it's it's awkward to play your servant of the conduit and then be like oh i'll play my three drop the next turn and not take advantage of the mana of it so i don't know the other thing is tireless tracker is still around so i think right that now it's hard to play this over Tracker, but Tracker does rotate in the fall, so this could be something to keep in mind post-rotation. Definitely keep in mind if we do see Control make a comeback, then this is at least a reasonable sideboard card if we get a good blue-black or blue-white Control deck. Yeah, yeah I, I always have to keep it optimistic for green cards, you know? Against creatureless Control. Because <laughs> they have any creature there, it's, it's gonna it's gonna eat the cat snake. <laughs> Well, I mean, you had uh, people were using back in uh, Theros like that um, that Hydra with X and and that was like mostly ever a four four three three, and they used that. Yeah, yeah, I guess creatureless control decks. Yeah, listen, I have to find the silver lining in all green cards. I mean, is this the end all be all green card? No, but it 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 can have a you know a little niche role. But yeah, it reminds me of Boon Seder, which was a three mana oh, four yeah, two true. for Flash that could be uh what's that bestowed. bestowed? Bestowed. Yeah. But that barely saw play. Oh yeah. So, Boon Seder is way better than this. <laughs> so uh, unless like everyone's playing Drago control, the cat snake's yeah. gonna have to sit on the sidelines. I'm actually more I'm actually I was actually more excited about the crocodile than I was this, but yeah. All right, we can do the crocodile. Crocodile's <laughs> I was just real quick. I mean, that seems pretty good for an uncommon. I'm not going to lie. Crocodile of the Crossing, three and a green, a five, four. It's a crocodile. Haste, when it enters the battlefield, put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature you control. Yeah. I That's mean, it's scary, man. Yeah, uh, it is. Four <laughs> mana, five power of haste coming at you. Yeah. And, uh,. I don't know of any cards right off the top of my head that will interact with the minus one, minus one counter, but I don't think that's a huge drawback. No, I mean, I don't think it's a huge drawback unless you got a winding his trickster out, then it's yeah. a little worse. Yeah, that, but, um, that kind of sucks. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four mana, four, three haste. Someone, someone, someone tweeted me and said they want to, they want to use it in, uh, mono green stompy and modern because it resets like strangle root geist oh, and other yes. uh, undying cards so it resets stuff like that which is neat I don't know if that's yeah. really going to be good enough but it's a it's a cool idea in modern there are some things you can do with putting a negative one negative one counter on things that is uh, more powerful than in standard at the moment oh, yeah I didn't think about modern I was trying to just think about standard wow that is uh, pretty interesting yeah, I don't know if it's or you like you can reset the counters on experiment one. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's very convenient if you have a scaggly root, guys. But if you don't, well, you wait. can uh, remove persist from your uh, kitchen fix. Yeah, well, actually, 
more often than not, I think this would just leave experiment one the same because you'd give it the minus one, minus one counter, yeah. and then it would get the evolve. So actually, yeah, that works. Yeah. Kudos to whoever thought that up. That was that's great. But I think just four mana lightning axe to the face is pretty good. <laughs> like yeah. you just try to use it as like finishing reach. Man, we've come a long way from Emperor Crocodile. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the art is not. The art is yeah. almost exactly the same. Yes. <laughs> so we, so we've came along crocodile. in terms of power level, but I think it's the same artist, too. Kev Walker is yeah. like the crocodile guy when it comes <laughs> yeah. to MTG <laughs> art. I think he's drawn every crocodile <laughs> in Magic's history. Yes. Yes. It's like, literally, I think he drew the one from Plane Shift. Yeah, he did do the plane shift one too. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think it was blue black. Oh man, yeah. I the marsh marsh that crocodile has to be like that. Has to be weird. Like you get the call. All right, we need the cro- We need a crocodile for this set. We got. You. We're tagging you, and it's like oh, these damn crocodiles. <laughs> Why can't they not ever a, make them amazing? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, one I can like at least Chris like Gilson gets to draw every force of will and Kev Walker has to draw every common crocodile oh, man. <laughs> if Poor they were Kev. good then it's like it doesn't matter but uh. <laughs> alright so um, I think that wraps it up for Amonkhet stuff um, one little quick tidbit before we go so uh, there was a the uncommon destined and lead so basically it confirmed the other card, right? I mean, the kind of weird split card. Yep. Fuse back. It's yeah. a real thing. Yep. Still as ugly as it was a couple weeks ago <laughs> when it was unconfirmed. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, I'm taking the invocations over that weird, that weirdness, but I mean, like I said, it still works. All right. Um, goldfishing? You have one for us, Richard? Ah, uh, my story of playing modern on Moto. Oh, so I, I was gonna test some uh, some modern this past week. So I wanted to play a little kid Abzan, little kid junk, which is basically Abzan, but with like Loxid and Smiters, Voice of Resurgence, uh, Noble Hierarchs and stuff. Really good against other creature decks, right? So I'm like, yeah, I want to test, you know, the Jun matchup, the Abzan matchup. Queue up. I play four different decks, all combo decks. You know, I play Ad Nauseum, Dredge. Uh, some Valakit deck, and I just rage quit. I was like, I can't play modern; it's too diverse. And then I quit. <laughs> so that that's where I'm at with modern now. It's it's too diverse for me. I can't handle it. I'm like, I can't handle these decks. There's just too many of them. Literally, so we're talking about. Right <laughs> we were talking literally about this for weeks in a row about. Staleness and all this stuff, and then when there's two, what what what, what do people want, man? I don't know anymore. There's too many decks, many it's a problem. Anymore. When there's not enough decks, it's a problem. Please cut down the number of decks in modern, please. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, it's pretty funny. Modern is in a pretty good spot right now. There's just so many decks viable, and any tier two or tier three deck can kill you if you're not ready for it. <laughs> Did, it makes so you, it really hard to play fair decks. <laughs> You didn't run across the uh, the Crack Clan Ironworks list? No, no, I was spared from that. <laughs> <laughs> I was spared from that. Just in case you didn't w- like losing the other uh, combo lists, here's another one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one oh, you just, man. like, scoop after they cast, like, their fifth card in a turn. Like, they, they're not guaranteed to win, but just scoop for your own sanity. Go to another match. You don't need to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I do that almost automatically. 
That's crazy. All right. All right. Uh, fish mail time. Yeah, fish mail time. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we'll answer your questions on air. Uh, apparently, this is from Chaz from Bolt Snap Bolt X. <laughs> <laughs> is that you, Chaz, on your alternate account? Oh, you figured me out. No, that actually what, is not me. <laughs> what are your thoughts on monocolored fetches for a competitive standard and as a budget option in modern? Yeah, that's definitely not me. <laughs> so this is like crack it search a library for a planes put into play the right. problem is like you're searching for dual lands though so they're still really powerful yeah so i i mean i think they would be fine but i think they're more powerful than than most people would think because you can search up essentially any color if you build your deck with shock lands or other dual lands or the the new cycling lands yeah and i already play budget fetch lands in modern <laughs> where i can only fetch one color in the deck <laughs> so i i think that it would be very playable like seth said it's standard and you would see it in modern as well because a lot of people you know play their flooded strands in their blue red deck right you can only fetch one color <laughs> Uh, next question from Sugi Time. I watch Against the Odds and Budget Magic as I go to sleep. Now I get sleepy during the podcast. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll stop talking so much. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to get the audio series of uh, Seth whispering uh, Sweet Night? <laughs> <laughs> we just need like every random period of time, like 10 minutes, I air horn blast for people <laughs> like that that are falling asleep during the podcast and then go back into what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next question at Peter Pascua. I sell single mythics slash good pulls on eBay. Trends on daytime to post a seven day auction. FNM hours, weekends. What do you guys recommend? Weekends are generally a good time to to list stuff. Um, there's also like cyclicals, like even a more meta, like even you know when people are getting their tax returns and. And that so if you can't if you can't line it up to like one of those larger meta you know cycles then yeah generally the weekend is is good um, to list them but um, really I th I think beyond everything else is like is if your price is good I don't think uh, listing it at any particular point is going to matter if your price is not good. All right, next question from Shanderson ninety three. Do we still think Ive Ugin was the correct banning over Eldrazi Temple at this point? I've yes. never thought it was the correct banning, and I still don't. I think it is, but not for the Eldrazi decks, but because of Tron. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Tron is now a manageable deck, whereas before, you're like, okay, I deal with your Emrakul, okay, we'll just Ive Ugin this other one up. <laughs> what do you got? And then we'll just Ive Ugin again. And like, you just cannot win once they get to that point. Uh, next question from at Pretty Dude. Do you think Planeswalker decks should be like Final Fantasy TCG starters? They're starter only cards, but provide entire play sets. So instead of having like one ofs here and there, you have four X of a bunch of cards. Huh. I, I do think the Planeswalker decks do provide like, if not, f maybe not four, but like three of the certain like Planeswalker cards. I know the Tezzeret one had like the Simulacrum as a three of but i mean that that is interesting i mean if you're looking to make a deck instead of having so many one ofs it would be a little bit better and more consistent to have four ofs yeah i actually don't like the four ofs as for for new players because i actually experienced this with it was pokemon actually oh where they gave you a deck uh with 
you know, four ofs of everything. So you actually just had like six unique cards in your deck. And as a new player, you kind of want to see a lot of new cards and you want to see, you know, what this game provides and what interesting things you can do. And you're not really going for that hyper consistency. So for a new player discovering the game, I think the one ofs are actually a lot better. But if they make an event deck or something, then yeah, by all means, put like 4x and everything so you actually have a legitimate deck to to take play. That's a good point. Uh, Next question from Tom Simons. Uh, We answered this already. Do masterpieces depress standard prices if no one wants the masterpieces? Uh, If anything, the opposite. I think that if anything, it could make standard more expensive because masterpieces won't be eating up as much of the value of the set. That's exactly right. Uh, but if anything, it, it only leads to some of the better cards already just gaining the extra value than they norm- normally had. Like, I don't think that means like everything just goes up because no one wants a masterpiece. And I, I think no one is a broad statement. I, there's always going to be someone out there that's going to want these. So I don't think it's a huge change, to be honest. All right. Next question from Epic Pug. Suppose any non-land permanent could be your EDH commander. <laughs> Which do you pick and why? Oh man, uh, probably just Blood Moon. <laughs> Being guaranteed a Blood Moon turn three every game seems seems pretty good. <laughs> man. Oh, I, I would probably go Oath of Jace. I, I want one of these things that draw cards. Oh, but you can't get rid of it. You need to be able to kill it easily. Oh, that's something that draws cards every turn. I think I'd have to pick Hall of the Gemstone. That is a brutal card. <laughs> what 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 does Hall of the Gemstone do, Chaz? For those of us I know, but some of the listeners might not. Oh, it's it's uh it's a green enchantment that is on the reserve list. Um, I actually don't know. Here, let me. I, you name a color. I, I want the exact. I want the exact card text. I want the exact card text. So, during each player's upkeep, that player chooses a color. Until end of turn, each mana-producing land produces mana of the chosen color instead of its normal color. And it's three... It's one generic and two green. So, it's like green's version of, of Blood Moon. <laughs> to stay on point with Seth. <laughs> or... Or maybe like Chaos Moon. Have you ever, do you know what that one does? That one's sweet. It just like shifts every color over one. So like if you have your black mana yeah. produces like blue mana and your red mana that, produces green from, mana. Is that from Ice Age? It is from oh, Ice man, Age, that yeah. Crazy. <laughs> but I think it has like cumulative upkeep of like two or three I or something insane. Uh, so you. Uh, no. Um, no, I don't think it has a cumulative <laughs> upkeep. Really? Then why don't I play this card? I don't know. (laughs) During each player... I'm looking at it right now. During each player's upkeep, count the number of permanents. If that number is odd, all red creatures get plus one, plus one, and mountain. And mountains produce an additional red when tapped for mana until end of turn. If the number is even, all red creatures get minus one, minus... Are you thinking of a different card? It's a different Uh, card. It's not Chaos Moon. We'll, we'll edit All that right, part out. Yeah. It is a moon card of some of some sort, but it's not Chaos Moon. All right. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, no problem. All right. I figured out the real answer. The only answer is Mystic Remora. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Ristic Study. Oh, also Ristic pretty study. good. Yeah, all these things that can kill themselves, <laughs> and then you can reset it and draw a billion more cards. Yeah. 
I love all the all right. stuff. Next question. Hasty Spring. Commander specific rules slash cards are weird. What do you like about Commander? Why do you play Commander over Highlander? <laughs> because Moto doesn't support <laughs> Highlander. It barely supports Commander, but you can actually play Commander on Moto. So that's the that's the biggest reason. I think Highlander sounds super sweet, but I play on Moto, and you can't really Highlander on Moto. I actually really like Highlander too. The problem is, it's like I don't find as many people that have like Highlander de- Highlander decks already built as like as much as just Commander. I think Commander is just a little more universal, and I'll, like nine point nine out of ten times, I'll find someone that's eagerly and ready to play Commander. If I like go in and say like Highlander, maybe like one person, if that. So I think it's just generally because I, you know, it's easier to just play a game of Commander. More people play it. All right. Next question from at only way. This was in regards to last week we were talking about brick counters. Every single counter in Magic <laughs> since the beginning <laughs> of time. They've been, been waiting an entire week <laughs> to get you on this, Richard. <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> I was like. Is this the first time we've had name counters and literally every counter ever? And there it goes. And that was that was it. Don't worry. It happens to all three of us. You said it. Hey, man, but they gave you the perforated brick counter cut out. It has to be special. No, it's not. And they found literally every uh, card in Magic's existence to prove you wrong. Every counter. Yeah, luck counters. I like there were that. some counters yeah. I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you. Alright, next question from Archie Galloway 1. Since Bolas isn't on any pack art or in the Planeswalker decks, do we have to wait until Hour of Devastation to see I think so. Uh, It's possible. I don't think we know for sure, but kind of looking that way. Yeah, he's probably going to be the face card of Hour of Devastation. Just like Emrakul a year ago. He's probably going to be the the set symbol and it's going to get leaked. (laughs) <laughs> some mail gets sent no, out. No, they're gonna they're gonna pretend like no one knows it's Nicole Bolas. <laughs> like, ooh, what's going on in our devastation, magic players? Like, we know it's Emerald Wizards. Cut it out. Give us a spoiler. Just give us the, just give us the card already. All right. <laughs> all right. Next question from Mean Mean Pork. Wow, he actually, since some of you actually like the invocation frame, it was actually posted yesterday, so he knows as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which frame do you think is the worst MTG frame? This is probably going to be controversial, but I think our current one. Well, can't we go back to the old border? I, Just go back yeah. to the original old border. So, Maybe white border, I guess you could argue white border. It's pretty good. It's not bad, but it's just not as good as the the old style frame. You know, you know what really affects... I miss brown artifacts. Yeah, you, that was about, I was about to say. You know what really only affects artifacts? But, eh. See, the problem is, I, I really love the old border too, but the problem is, is that they're so easy to like counterfeit. Yeah. Slap a hollow foil onto no, it. I guess you could do that. But I think I just like is it like seventh or tenth? Like one of one of those core sets back then had the frames just look really weird yeah. to me. And when you look at them, they they look so. Well, old what was weird. the frame that we had in the first Meriden block? That was horrible. Was that like just a normal frame? Because <laughs> maybe it was just Meriden, but I couldn't tell what was a white card and what was an artifact half the time. Hmm. Am I? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was the normal oh, frame. Okay, then. No, no, Probably, it wasn't the original normal frame. It was a newer frame. Not, 
Yeah, like the modern yeah. frame, I think. I that one was... I don't know. My con My controversial frame opinion is the the future site frame is actually my favorite. I wish we had more of those, but apparently I learned this week that everyone apparently hates that frame. I like future site frame. I don't think it was bad. But we also like invocation, so we, you know. <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> I'm still laughing about oh stop it, wizards. Just give us a spoiler. <laughs> I just keep that's playing in my head and I just keep laughing and I <laughs> Next question from Talthar Ted. What do you when do you believe we will get enemy cycle wait what enemy battle and cycle lands i hate unfinished oh cycles. yeah that really oh that grinds my gears too um who knows uh yeah return to return yeah. to zendikar <laughs> hopefully we get cycling lands in our devastation Rise though of, it's not impossible i'm on cat of eldrazi <laughs> <laughs> no return the battle of return to Amonkhet. <laughs> yeah one of those. Next question. Antioch. Sun Petal Grove is my favorite art on a card. What is everyone's favorite non-promo card art? Sun Petal Grove. Hmm. I don't know what my favorite art oh, is. Oh, man. I don't know. I I think Horrible Horde. Hordes, actually. Horrible Hordes. What happened hordes. to Dwarven Thaumaturgist? <laughs> Uh, why were we asked this again? I don't know. I I picked the first thing that possibly. <laughs> oh, what about my head. the the? No, the surf token. Or is that just your favorite token? And I. Oh, that's my favorite token. token. Oh. The, oh, the, the, the surf the token is awesome. Is uh, I don't actually oh. know. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. It's it's a green card for sure, but I just don't know. I like them. That's a blue card, right? I thought. Oh, Puka's mischief. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's yours, Richard? The, the, it's pretty funny. I don't know if it was my favorite, but I, I enjoy it. Oh, okay. <laughs> my favorite card would probably be some Therese Nielsen yeah, card. I, mine's They're probably some green card. I just I can't really think of one. that I can't have a favorite. I don't know. All right, so we effectively did not answer that question <laughs> because we can't remember the name of cards off the top of yeah, our heads. Yeah, like, we got Puka's Mischief, so that's good enough. Puka's Mischief. <laughs> Uh, at Colehit45 you guys don't plug Patreon constantly what are your feelings on Patreon and why don't you jump on that bandwagon uh, uh, we don't plug it because we don't have yeah, it yeah we don't yeah. <laughs> well I guess that's the, I, I, I don't know I like to keep content free <laughs> as opposed to uh, having people pay for privileges and stuff like that mm. try to keep everything as free as possible so that everyone can hear and uh, consume the content yeah but check out our merch page. <laughs> yeah, we plug we plug the merch page. We plug our giveaways. Yeah. Uh, next question at Run Thunder Snow Modern Masters 2019 Theros and Cons will be legal. What are the chances of Cons fetches? Um, probably a good good chance, considering they finally went ahead and showed us that they will put fetch lands in a master set. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's possible. Do, do they even? need reprinting at they're, this point they're, they're still pretty they're, they're cheap did tarmogoyf need a reprinting apparently <laughs> he did reprinted it every set um, i think the fetches will come because otherwise if they've concluded that they're never going to be in standard again like where else would you i think these? the bigger question is 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 tarmogoyf in modern masters 2019 again yes. oh 
Tower it's like the every oh modern God. masters ever made ever until they make another Lurgoif that's like star two. Yeah, that, that <laughs> like two hundred dollar card is just not sitting well with them. <laughs> it's like the reverse damnation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think of making a new Tarmogoyf where it has one more power than toughness? We could just leave the regular one. So it's, it's just like Tarmogoyf. That would be... Wouldn't it be so much worse? Actually, it dies to bolt, right? Yeah. Well, doesn't it just die if you cast it with an empty graveyard or oh. if someone plays a rest in peace? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would but make it a lot more fair, probably. That's probably what it should have yeah, But it gives you one more power to like kill people with that aren't interacting yeah. with you. So That's probably what it should have been in the first place. When you cast it, it dies. Yeah. Well, it's funny because a lot of them are zero zeros. If you yeah. look at the other ones yeah. from history, yeah. so Tarmogoyf probably should have been a zero zero as well. Yeah. Hey, I'm not complaining. It's a green yeah. card, so I'm good with it. But <laughs> no, we'll, we'll just uh, shift it into white. Or something. <laughs> Why you gotta do? That? They tried that all once right, before. Those are all our fish meal questions. <laughs> yes, uh, very good questions. Thank you so much. Uh, they're always really fun, and they tried to shift. Uh, Goyfs into other colors, and I don't think that worked out too well. Well, except actually. Wait, what color did they go? Remember into? all the ones from Odyssey? No. <laughs> what color were they? There was. A, Are they different yeah, colors? Yeah, there was. A, there was a one for each color. They're oh. they're really bad. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. No, I can no, the green one, one was good. <laughs> the green one. Are they actually the green one used to see play? Yeah, ter- terrible. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a four, not oh. really a goyf, but you know, same same stuff. Oh, that's the goyf cycle. I know terrible. Yeah. It used to. It used to be like a no, legacy they, they staple. No, they are Lugroifs, aren't they? Lugroif, whatever the hell they're called. Lugroifs, aren't they? Oh, no, <laughs> seriously, are they? I thought they were. No, I don't think they are. I believe so. Oh no. Oh yeah, there's a cycle of them. They're Cantivore, Cognivore, Detrivore, Lurgoif, Magnivore. Yeah, see. Mortivore ah, and Terra. I knew it. It's not a not a full. Well, I guess it is a cycle. Yeah. Hmm? Interesting. They were all terrible. Number of enchantments in your graveyard. Number of oh. instants. Number of not oh, non lands. Go figure. Uh, yeah. Sorceries, creatures, and lands. Terravore. Terravore is definitely the best of, of the course. bunch. I think. Of course it is. It's green. <laughs> no, seriously, it was the best one. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a great uh, place to end the podcast. Green is good. We will see you all next time for more Amon Cat spoilers. Gentlemen, great cast. We will see you all next time. Uh, this will be the MTG Goldfish crew signing out. And uh, tune in with us for more Amon Cat stuff. Take care.